The Live Radio Project was our last best hope for news. A self-contained podcast two hours long, located in neutral territory. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads, community members, and developers. A shining beacon in space, all alone on a Tuesday night. It was the dawn of the third chapter of Elite. The year's space legs came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Lavian stations. The year is 3307. The name of the place? Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 370 of Lave Radio, the hottest show this side of DSO. No, better than that, we're the hottest show this side of Raxler. And if you don't enjoy that, up yours. Anyway, this is the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Chief Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford. And joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Commander Edla Weiss. Now, be careful, Colin. You've got to, yes. That gravy can be very hot when you're dipping your bone in it. I am quite relieved to say uh, I have no bone to dip in it. It's just chips. I'm now disappointed in you. Moving on. Psychit. We have our Commander Psychit, who Hello. is, of course, her staff liaison officer. Is that me? Hi. 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 Yes. Uh, and on top of that, we have our Inhuman Resources Director, the legendary Commander Shan. Oh, legendary. You've been drinking again, Colin. No, no, no. I am completely stone cold, and I mean stone cold sober. And also joining us is we have our, and a guest of the elite racer, the elite racer, that's Commander Alec Turner. I like the scarab, but I like the scorpion too. Which is best? There's only one way to find out. <laughs> Fight! <laughs> All of a sudden I've got images of Godzilla in my head. Let them fight. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. If you wish, you can join us live. Now, we are hanging out in game, but I have no idea where. Ben? So, yes, I'm currently at Carviri3D. K-H-A-R-V-I-R-I, which was the nearest place to leave that has a war going on that has a port which isn't a 15-20 minute flight away. Alec and I will at least be meeting up there. Anyone else is willing willing and welcome to join us. We're going to go here, we're going to get our planetary vehicles out and see compare what's up, basically. Yeah. Whip, whip them out and compare sizes, I think. We're going to whip, well, I've got, I think I've got a purple one. So that's going to be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the purple one was very pretty. Well, obviously, we'll, help, we'll let these two get a room 
Um, <laughs> if you can't get to us in game to enjoy the Alex and Ben show, <laughs> honestly, this, this is getting me worried. <laughs> Um, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. Or you can go straight to twitch.tv slash laveradio or go to youtube.laveradio or facebook.laveradio. So um, let's go around the team and see how they've been. Um, now, obviously, we're going to get this the, the sad one out of the way. Um, how are you holding up, Sean? Um, it's been an interesting and weird week, really. Yesterday, the deed was done, and um, it was quite poignant, well, in a way, really, because the vet said, we know all of you want to come in, but because of COVID, we're only let two people into the room when they're going to put Hal down, and um, which obviously was very upsetting to to Elvis Minishan, because Hal was his dog, Hmm. you know, so... Um, I said, look, don't worry, I'll wait outside and you can go in with Mrs. Shan and see the thing. But it then kind of occurred to me how terrible it must have been uh, when COVID was really raging a year or so ago with relatives watching their, you know, their relatives die through hospital windows being told you can't go in because of COVID. So yep. if if it was bad for for us, it was, so that kind of like, put it into perspective a bit. Yes. Um, so we're, we're still kind of getting used to not having the dog around. Um, but the uh, the week was tempered by um, youngest Mini Shan being formally promoted to uh, Lance Corporal. And because he's the youngest Lance Corporal in the Household Cavalry, he was invited to hang the brick as part of the brick hanging ceremony. Right, which is, what, which is one of those strange army traditions that goes back to uh, 1889. And uh, what happened in 1889 was uh, there was a young NCO called Joe, and uh, he was uh, on his way to the to the mess to have a Christmas up with with his mates and with the rest of his plebs. When the commanding officer, Colonel Townsend, um, called him over and said, "Hi, I you know." I'd like you to come up and have a couple of glasses of sherry with me. Um, obviously, he doesn't say no to that, but he needed to find a way to go with the, with the commanding officer and still have a up. So anyway, the story goes, um, you got to go in the route with his mates, and he says, okay, I'll go downstairs, check everything's okay in the mess, and the mates will understand, and I'll see you back up. And the commanding officer said, yep. Anyway, so he then had an idea, and he took a brick left over from some work being done and said to the mess officer, you're not, not to close this bar until this brick falls from the roof. And it was like a stage roof. So um, what, what he did is he uh, got the brick, put a bit of string around it, and then hung it on the roof such that it'd never fall down, see. So he could go and have his drink and then come back for a two-day long piss up. Got you. So that was that was a good bit of tradition, actually. And, it, and apparently it's a bit of an honour, really, because he gets his name on the brick-hanging memorial, so to speak. And, uh, I mean, he thought it was quite, he thought it was quite boring. He just wanted to go on and get out of there. But, you know, it's one of his army traditions. And then the eldest Minishan um, says that uh, in the RAF, they have a tradition of burning a piano before their formal dinner. And uh, a couple of years ago, one of his friends, who's, on, who's a, 
trying to be a pilot there, was tasked with getting the piano. And so his friend found a piano on Gumtree, and he went to collect the piano there from a nice family. And they were saying, oh, we're really sorry to see the piano go, but it's been in our family for 80 years, and I I learned to play on it. My my daughter learned to play, and it's so good to see it going to a good home we'll be treasured and cared for. And in reality, it's just going to be dumped in a mess somewhere and set fire to. So, yeah, it was a little bit of jolly for it to uh, to end the week, really knowing all that was going on, but uh, yeah, yes. Uh, well, okay. Well, it's a little bit more uplifting than than uh, yeah. Um, right, we'll move on to Ben. How have you been this week, Ben? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been mostly good. Um, it's been busy again. It's uh, we we've I think we we've finished the living room almost as much as we can. Uh, the only thing that we're basically waiting on is some units from Ikea for some shelves from Ikea and that's basically because Ikea can't seem to you know they can't seem to actually get anything in stock um we did have a pretty big shock um the wife went off and ordered a clock from Amazon and then she decided I oh I think that's Alex shooting me uh the wife decided she want she liked a clock from Amazon and then she decided she didn't like the clock from Amazon so she's like, Ben, could you go and return this, please? Me being me is like, yeah, not a problem. Take it up to the post office, only to find out it's being sent to China, and they wanted 65 fecking quid for it. The clock was only worth 30 quid to begin with. So, yes, if there's anybody in the South Yorkshire area who wants a clock, let me know. <laughs> Lovely. Um, go on. Ben, yeah, Ben. Um, yeah. You've, you've forgotten some key items from your Ikea uh, shop. Yeah. Um, cable ties, cable covers, and labels for each one of your cables, so you know which one of them do. Don't need any of that. They're, they all work. They've all worked for a years. It's all fine. Scruffy cable is a scruffy mind. It's a bit well, we all terrible. know I've got a scruffy mind, so I don't it's, see what the shocking it is. Oh, it's health and safety nightmare. Your cables will get twisted, and you'll end up buying new ones, wrecking your equipment. You're supposed They've to been working me. fine for ten years, and I'm not touching them now. <laughs> That's because you're scared to touch them. Yeah, yep. ben, ben shared some pictures of his is um underneath his computer. Yeah, of the, of the the place which should never be photographed, which is the the behind the computer desk. And um, yeah, let's just say that I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm personally surprised that they're still intact because I thought they'd be melted by the radiator by now. It's but all yeah, fine. It's all fine. Okay. Well, moving on from there, then Ben. I mean, I guess that's it. Um, pretty much. I mean, the living room's done. House is house. Um, I am going to see uh, Spider-Man tomorrow. Oh, lucky you. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think Alec and I are actually, we are twins. Are I can see are? that. I can see that. Yep. Both um, of you there and your purple scorpions. Oh, I was a bit slow to get up to take, to take off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, we'll move on from Ben. Um, Psychit, how have you been this week? I'm good. I'm good. I wasn't here last week. Um, it's been a really, it's been a really in um really um eventful week. Uh, on Wednesday, um, I did my first solo traveling, um, mm-hmm. as as disabled human, which was a, it was brand new and very scary and stuff. But um, I I was invited to go over to. 
um, Hyde Park as part of the Jurassic World Evolution 2 um, DLC launch. Um, And I I don't think it's there anymore. It was only there for a few days, but they were projecting onto um onto like a spray fountain they were projecting Im- images of marine reptiles um like pretty pretty co- it, was, it was very cool <laughs> it was very very interesting but there was a there was a lot of walking involved and um i'm not super good at that and um uh, it it was frontier who invited me and they were bloody lovely about it um <laughs> and we ended up going to winter wonderland and I'd never been there before as well. So um it was a it was a crazy, crazy experience, but I'm so glad I did it. Um oh, I'm I'm proud of you because you've it, it's it's been oh quite a while since you did anything solo, I guess. It, it's been a huge time. Now um since I since I had my accident, it's been um I, I've not been able this is so so stupid this is and this sounds this sounds so silly if I say it out loud but I've not been able to put shoes on on my own because I've not had the I don't have the flexibility to be able to get my shoes on and particularly well um so uh yeah it's been really difficult twice last week for the first time twice last week I was able to put shoes on on my own and I actually bounced back a lot quicker than I thought I would from like the big event thing, and I was st- I was able to do stuff at the weekend. It wasn't like the weekend was a write off. We were able to take the dog out and um, do like just like throw a ball around for the dog. So um, yeah, that's been really really good. Um, in game, I've mostly been messing around with a scorpion, which also has the same purple paint job as Alec and Ben does. It's, <laughs> it's very good looking. It's a very pretty, it's a very pretty paint job. Um, um, and then over the last couple of days, um, I've been back in No Man's Sky because I didn't get a chance to get the Normandy before, so it's been a little bit packed. Oh. Right. When you mean get the Normandy, you just fly with it, isn't it? You don't actually yeah, get so the it, Normandy. Yeah, it, so when you, when you get the ship, it becomes like part of your frigate fleet. So oh, right. um, my understanding, and this is a very loose understanding at best, is that it will, um, you can send it off to complete missions for you effectively. Mm. And then it, and then it comes back and you reap the benefits. I don't have a hell of a lot of hours in No Man's Sky. I haven't really under, really fully had a good look at what that element of No Man's Sky can be, but it looks really pretty um, and it's really cool to have it. Um, and I completed the um, the expedition for it in about four hours, so it wasn't even that bad. Um, wow. But yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. It's just been a lot of fun. It's nice that they've brought those back for those of us who didn't think that didn't think that we'd bother about it about them at the start of the year and now we have kind of got into them which is quite nice excellent um okay shan yeah i'll kind of ask Sai about the event really so what they sort of projected images on the fountain yeah and did they have any other dinosaur things like did they have um Arf dressed up as buying the dinosaur or... uh, no Arf, Arf isn't a member of the um community management team for um, Jurassic World. So the the community manager that was there was Tim, and the rest was sort of like project managers and um, like Holly and Dahlia and those and those folks. Uh, it was only only Tim who was there. Well, Arf doesn't do Jurassic World. So no Barney or Jurassic no no no. It was it was um, all marine rap- reptiles. No no walking around. 
Oh, I think, I, I think Shan sounds a little disappointed with that walking I around. Thought, I, was, I mean, I'd have gone and dressed up as a dinosaur and terrified toddlers. It'd be an excellent one. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, someone trying to um, <clears throat> terrify toddlers. There, there is a surprise. Okay, um, Alec, nice to have you on. It's been a while. Um, nice what have you been up to lately? We've we've been moving office at work, which has been um, uh, <laughs> a bit of a pain. We're we're slightly downgrading as well. Uh, it turns out we have far too many books, <laughs> so we're, we're currently in the new office, and our boxes of books um, basically go from one wall to the other, and we have tables and chairs being delivered next week, and literally nowhere to put them. Can I check something here? Actually, are mm. your books as relevant to your current office? as our books were when we moved office. There, we um, found out that we had books cover go, basically going back to the mid-90s. Yeah, you know, so... so handy the software, things like how to use Windows 1.0 and things like that. They go back way further. The software company I work for has been um, in business as a software company for over 50 years. So they include like a original Kernigan and Ritchie C books and, and and in much older sort of you know assembly language programming books and it's it's an absolutely sensational library of of nerd books but um, have you been on eBay to see how much they're going to Yeah. Fetch? Yeah, I think that's the next step actually. It's a good library. But um, we just don't need any of this junk anymore really. I mean uh, other than that what have I been doing other than that in game I've been um Hmm. It's been a while since I've been on. I finally completed the Canon speed scanning challenge, which was I'm quite pleased with. I think I've got quite a decent time. Um, we'll have to wait until the end of the year to find out how I did in that. Uh, I've been stunt driving, and I've been doing an advent calendar, but maybe we'll chat about that later. Yes, you've got a, an item all to yourself. Oh, cool. We'll definitely chat about that later. Then. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny you should mention books, because um, we, <laughs> we've been looking through some of ours, and... Um, I, I was told to get some back out, uh, backups out of the, the safe. And when looking through the backups, uh, we noticed we had an awful lot of, well, it's basically all CDs which had been burnt from the 2000s. And uh, we all then suddenly realized that none of us on any of our machines has got a CD player. So, <laughs> Classic. So these, these backups are absolutely, um, yeah, well, I'll have to bring in my uh, my ancient uh, USB CD player in order to restore some of these backups. So, yeah. <clears throat> Technology moves on. Right. Uh, let's have a quick look at uh, what I've been up to. Well, um, obviously, with what we're going to talk about, I've been playing an awful lot of Elite. Um, Top Shift 131 will be coming out soon, which will involve Update 9, which we'll be discussing in a minute. Uh, and... Um, yeah, unfortunately, I think I've let my power play commander slip a bit. Uh, I'm going to need to do some serious power playing over the next couple of days to to get him up to uh, up to scratch. Uh, but uh, we shall move on to the development news and what the devs have said this week. Well, the headline in this case is, as everybody should know, update nine came out last. Excuse me, <laughs> update nine came out last Thursday. Um, so, this involves the aforementioned um, Scorpion, which uh, Alex and uh, Ben and uh, also uh, the Chris Mark IV are driving around at the moment on the Twitch stream. And um, in addition to the uh, new missions and the... <laughs> 
and the multiple limpets, uh, uh, yeah, the multiple limpet things. So, <laughs> unfortunately, it has to be said that it didn't exactly all go to plan because there was a, a couple of um, bugs that have really, really got in the way. Um, ben, you want to say something about Tishan first? I've discovered something that Shan will love. It is possible to imprison your gunner by flipping your scorpion upside down. Well, you put the scorpion upside down. You flip and the they... scorpion and the gunner cannot get out. Cannot Can disembark. The... SRV must be upright. Is that the same for the pilot, though? I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not the pilot. Alex, the pilot. I'm game. We'll see who starves first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I have some uh, I have some coffee and some pork scratchings on the right. So that would be a good use for um, extended battery mod, wouldn't it? Because if you're both stuck in there, you should wait until your air runs out or something, and then you'd be able to survive longer. Look, in the SRV, you, you don't run out of battery? Or, or... Yeah, when the fuel runs out, though, doesn't it? Or does it just blow up? Ooh, no, I mean... because you have to be moving to use the fuel. I don't think no, I've lost no, fuel. No. Oh, right, there, okay, well. There is some static usage. It's not much, but there is a yeah. tiny amount of static okay. usage. World's longest death competition, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, reminds, it reminds me of those competitions where sort of uh, the last person to uh, their hand leaves the car wins the car. Mm. Well, the other thing <laughs> I'll be interested to see would be, will the SRV, or the, the will it run out of fuel faster if there's two of you in the in there, what I'm well, curious about Ben is: do you have now? Do you now have an oxygen countdown? I do. Your... Three minutes forty-five <laughs> seconds. Okay, carry on. How, how come you've got, <laughs> not, how come you've got an oxygen countdown? Because I've turned off life support. <laughs> Can you Shan, get out? Shan, are you proud of this? I I'm watching with grand. This is almost like the. Uh, I'm nearly as proud watching this as I my son doing the brick hanging. You just can't get out at all. No, I cannot get out. That is amazing. <laughs> and uh, Alex has switched off the power so that they're both going to suffocate. Three minutes and counting. <laughs> Um, no, Chris. Chris is offering to try and cut them loose, but I say no, Chris. Just no, let, no. let them choke. Can you actually, can you actually <laughs> cut them loose? Because there's not a hatch you can cut open, is there? I don't know. Is there a hatch that Chris can cut open? MJ nine two seven, who is a first time chatter. Um, welcome to Live Radio. What have you joined <laughs> to watch? Um, you're you're here to join to to watch a mutual suicide. Sorry, normal so. service will be resumed next week when I'm not on it. <laughs> well, I just want to know what on earth you know what's been happening to your flight suit as well. That's an impressive splatter pattern. Oh, I've still got a bit of my Halloween pattern on. Ah, uh, I thought you'd been like. He's thrown up last night's curry or something. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I'm going to go around everybody first of all and, and see what their response is for update nine. I mean, obviously, since uh, update nine, update 9.01 has been released uh, to try and fix some of the issues that have been happening. Um, so, Shan, what's your impressions of uh, update nine so far? Um, it downloaded okay. Um, <laughs> 
to to be fair, I haven't really had much chance to to do it with all that's been going on at home. Basically. Um, so I haven't really had chance to try the scorpion out or anything like that. I've just been I had about twenty minutes to play today. Um and then I got called away. So unfortunately I really haven't got anything to say about update nine at the moment. Okay then. Um <laughs> Ben, have you had much chance to to kick around an update nine? He's he's, he's he's not breathing. That's why he's not talking. No, he, to us. he managed to escape. How? Because one of these un- was it was it Commander Newell? Somebody rolled my somebody manually rolled my SRV back over and <laughs> managed to jump out. <laughs> Chris, I think he deserved to die. I think Ben deserves to be shot. Really. <laughs> Chris, no, don't. You, you didn't have to do that. We wanted to see them choke. I think it was my husband that saved him. Right. Was it? Was it? Was a little biggin? I think it might have been. Little biggin? It's just spoiled. A, a, a You've ruined oh. this show oh, now. You've ruined the science. I was I gonna ruin I would... when that Christmas is cancelled now because of that. As we all know, I was going to carefully stop the countdown on zero zero one, as is action movie oh. tradition. I, th- I think, as, as penance, I think that Little Biggian needs to get into Alex's SRV. <laughs> Actually, can you shoot players with a scorpion? Oh, yeah. Yes, you can. Oh, yeah, she can. Do you, do you want to see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, well... <laughs> if we're going to do this, we should go about more than, like, a kilometre yeah. or so outside. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Um, so, Ben, have you had much chance to to kick around in Update Nine so far? No, my experience of Update Nine has been I need to try and find a war zone so we can maybe do some things. Mm. And oh shit, that war zone's a long way away from here. Let's try and find another one. <laughs> so basically, preparation for the show then. Preparation for the show, basically. Yeah. Fair um, enough. I like that. I, where did you? I like that steampunk helmet that Chris has got. That is a very nice steampunk-looking helmet. That, that he's got there. It's the first time someone's admired my uh, hat. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ubermick at the chat has just said, to quote my wife who's just walked in, is little bigger needs to get in the SRV code for something? I'm sure if we hand that over to Ben, he'll make it code. It probably no, is. It's probably it's, in, can, in we not, can we not do that? <laughs> oh, look, I mean, Alex got off and half-inched my SRV. Oh, you can steal other people's SRVs. Oh yeah, Alex yeah. stole my SRV. He, he can't. He can't sort of. Um, so who pays the relay? Uh, I guess technically I do. <laughs> he can drive it off, crash it, and you're the one that has to pay for it. Oh, I'm good. Let's find out. I'm now in Alex's SRV. Oh <laughs> uh, dear. Right. So, um, Psychic, have you had a chance to uh, really deep dive into Update Nine? I I have I've played I've played a fair amount of it. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been again just like performance improvements. Yeah, what's not to like? Um, and this SLV is amazing. Really? I love it. I love it so much. Why this is this is I'm actually genuinely in, interested in this answer here. What is it about the scorpion that you like so much more over the scarab? Then I I tell you what it is. It's um. Playing it and realizing that it it feels so much more stable and she, she chunky and I like that she has um, heft to her and turning turning a corner I yes. don't feel like I'm going to spin out like a hundred thousand times and you that to me 
<laughs> well, I'm, I mean, you're special, Ben. You can manage it with anything. But to hey, me, <laughs> that to me, that was uh, the whole thing. I was like, I think my sister, who is notoriously bad in an SLV, um, in a scarab, absolutely hates it. Um, uh, gets seasick as soon as she's in one at all. I was like, she might actually be able to drive this, and she might actually enjoy it. And it felt like for for those people who prefer the who preferred the scarab when they did the rework of it, that this is more of a um more leaning towards that easier drive and that less um seasickness inducing drive, which might help more people and open up more of the game to to those people and also we've doubled the cargo size in the scarab what yes. is not to like no that, yes that is that is a um, a point that i was going to bring up one of the things which surprised everybody was the fact that um all of a sudden the scarab has now got four tons uh, of cargo capacity instead of two well the scorpion has two tons so that was great it's one of those moments where <laughs> you were there thinking, and the engineers found another two tons where? But <laughs> someone actually put a, a, a joke that it was actually a software update. That um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that uh, the Scarab always had four tons of capacity, but the software was in there only said it, said it had two. <laughs> so um, I've got go an on. idea. I've got an idea for the SRV. Ben, you've, you, you're still in... Um... The other guy's SRV. You're still in the stolen SRV, yeah? Yeah, I'm still in Alex's SRV. Can you access the inventory and see if you can nick stuff out of it? Oh, that's an idea. That's not fair. And, and like two can play that game. No, it doesn't look like it. And, and, and the question for Sai, so, so your summary of the, um, of the scarab is you prefer girth rather than length. No, I just prefer that it's, it, 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 weighs, it weighs more. So it, it feels it feels like it's more stable on the ground. Oh, nice no. try, Shan. Nice try. <laughs> I was going to lead into your smut section, but oh, never mind. You out of practice. Sai is saying she likes it chunky. She's a chunky girl. I like it, and I like the the, the first time you you tell me. Even if that cannon's got like a ridiculous amount of spread and it and it's silly, <laughs> you tell me the first time you shoot it and you don't go, oh, "That's amazing." <laughs> yeah, I must admit though that that is the one thing that really got me to begin with was. Um, so I, so I, when you shoot its load, you get thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it goes wide. Yes, it, it goes super wide. It, it, it is messy. Oh, that explains Alex's suit now. <laughs> there we go. Double O. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I was about to ask about the... Uh, I'm really, this is going to be sounding so bad now. I was going to ask about its firepower and how you found it. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, I tried to take on a, a base where about, I had about six or seven people running after me. And um, let's just say I didn't do too well at that mission because I couldn't seem to hit Jack. No, but, but after after today's Super Cruise news, finding out that the um, the cannon can mm -hmm. be fired as a dumb fire. Oh, the missiles, yes. I did not realise that. <laughs> now I am interested again. Oh, yeah, I, I did find that out, which was quite funny, because one of the things that did happen was that um, a lot of the people who were chasing me um, all bunched up together, and it was like, oh, thank you very much. Bang, there goes a missile, and boom. And there was there was bits of um, 
bits of guard flying every or scavenger flying everywhere, which was extremely hilarious. I can see a new sport happening where we can we see how high you can make someone jump when you fire a missile at them. But um, yeah, I, I did have a little bit of a problem with the accuracy of that gun to begin with. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll probably touch on what the, the developer said about that gun later. But um, yeah, uh, you do get the feeling that these things are really for other vehicles and static defences. Or am I the only one that thinks that? Has uh, I assume they've been tried against ships and stuff, have they? Oh yeah, if you That's shoot... What designed for. Yeah, if you fire up against a ship, then yeah, they they really do um, hammer the poor old sidewinder quite quite hard, actually. Um, and yeah, what about a proper well, a proper ship. Um, I haven't actually tested it on anything more than a sidewinder so far, uh, but um, I I reckon these things will give even an anaconda a bit of a shock. Uh, ben, where's your ship? We we went away. We went away. I'm not sure how I feel about that, really, because yes, the gun is bigger, mm-hmm. but it's still smaller compared to the class three and four weapons mm-hmm. on the ship. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I'm with you on this one. Where I'm, I can't, I'm still kind of a bit put out that hand weapons can do so much damage to ships like Sidewinders. It's um, yeah. really does. It just doesn't feel right to me personally. I mean. Take it. Am I the only one in this one, or does everyone agree with no, that? I, 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 I right. agree that? Yeah. I mean, I, I do understand where um, uh, some people come from. They say, actually, when you look at it, the, the power is is quite strong, but it's the range which is the limited factor. There's something like an exponential curve to do the same damage three kilometers away, uh, where you were then you know 100 meters away. Which could explain it, but psychic. I feel like there's a um, there's there's grounds there for a, a a further pass on handheld weaponry when it as and when more um, powerful weapons are introduced. Do you know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. have have um, a a better ship a ship destroying on ground unit that you have to sort of like be stationary to fire for a moment something like that um but then at the same time if it, it's because ships can't really fire at people on the ground i don't think people on the ground should be able to wreak a lot of damage to ships and at the moment they can i don't know i don't know there's got to be some happy middle ground there and and it's not right at the moment no, I don't, I don't feel that particular bit is. Um, Shan, you got another question about the Scorpion? Um, yeah, I was going to ask. So the main gun, does that does the projectiles from it have a drop-off? In other words, do they Yes, they do. It's dip? about three kilometres rather so, than... And they, is they, that, yeah. Does that vary with gravity, or is it constant? I think gravity is irrelevant. I haven't checked, but I don't know. Uh, but I suspect it's irrelevant. Um on these things, you know, they're basically the plasma things, aren't they? Yeah, they're the the. It's actually named after what the 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 tail of the scorpion is. That's the is missile. Called. The is, missile. That, oh, no, is that the yeah. missile? That's yeah. the missile. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I must admit, I have found the missiles quite fun. Um, <laughs> it's it's it, it's certainly um, uh, it it's it's certainly a laugh to watch um, uh, people um, let's see um. 
uh, as Black Adder would say, the the they're uh, what they do when they're hit by a missile. Well, you you basically jump up in the air for several hundred meters and spread yourself out over a large area. So. Uh, I, I shouldn't get as much enjoyment out of it, but somehow I do. <laughs> well, I think I'm going to take myself into the base and then look for a war zone and see what we can do with missiles. Okay. Um, so are you, are you genuinely going to try uh, and uh, take on people in the Scarab then? Why not? Yeah. Okay, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, yes, right. Um, well, obviously... Uh, update nine. Update nine point one came out on Monday. Um, there does seem to be three major issues which still remain outstanding. The first one is is quite annoying. I don't find it serious, but a lot of people feel it is, and that's the fire groups. And um, that uh, it does appear that um, people have a, a lot of people have lost the the fire groups for their ships, so you have to reset them up. Um, yeah. The fire groups all got corrupted, apparently. Apparently so. So, sure uh, yeah, I don't know what they can do about that. I think it's just a case of resetting it back up again. I think they're dead, Dave. Mm, yeah, Is that the I mean, deal? I, I've sort of been catching up on people's comments post nine, but are, are people's fire groups gone, but they can at least now get them set back up again. Yes. Some people haven't been able to. Okay. I know. I know. I know. This morning, some. Um, uh, Cap in my in my chat was saying that he still couldn't do it, but there is a workaround of buying a weapon and then removing it will allow you to to reassign your fire groups for now. What about ships we haven't used since update nine? Are they going to have no fire groups? Do you Absolutely know? no idea. No, at the at the moment they don't have fire groups because um, I flipped through to using my ASP um, this morning and. Um, Unfortunately, I had to spend ages redoing my fire groups because, for some reason, I've got tons and tons of different combinations on that ship, and I don't yeah, know I do. why. I should be very annoyed if I've lost all my Python fire groups because it was quite complicated. <laughs> I get oh, the well. feeling that all the fire groups got corrupted, and it might even be a database issue. Um, well, it might have something to do with the fact that they've added in something new that requires new fire groups anyway. Yeah, I suspect yeah. you're probably right there. So, yeah. I and mean, that's, that's cool. Yeah, it has happened before, which is a bit of a pain. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Shan, you wanted to talk about limpets. Yes, I mean, I haven't played the, uh, not, uh, the, the nine, but has anyone made a surround with the limpet controllers? Because I understand there was, as as mentioned last week, the Class 7 limpet mm-hmm. controller weighed 128 tons. Or something. Who ate all the pies? The limpet controller ate all the pies. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> all that software. It's, <laughs> it's horrendous. Um, yeah, 128 tons for yeah. for seven limpet controls. Isn't that heavier than a sidewinder? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know how what what engineering is. It's probably massively over engineered. <laughs> it wouldn't be so bad if it came with like 126 limpets when you brought it, but you know. Yeah, I, I have a theory. Actually, is is that basically what it is? Is it's a little rack. <laughs> and then it, it, it it's got it's got the the seven sort of fairly cheap limpet controllers in it. So so far just just fairly <laughs> low weight. But then the interface between the um, fire groups <laughs> is, is one of those massive industrial robots that they have in car like JTB manufacturing plants. So when you when you pick a fire group, this huge robot arm that's counterweighted by lead and concrete. 
has to sort of hand so, across the rack and press the button on the Olympic <laughs> controller. So basically, it's the Olympic controller AliExpress would sell you. <laughs> yes. Um, I think the winning comment really goes to Wintermute GB for seeing that's the fat Olympic controller. It's <laughs> <laughs> filthy Uber- H. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Ubermix says Sai likes them chunky, but not that chunky. <laughs> or, 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 or maybe they've got their rules of science from the uh, FIA Formula One stewards. <laughs> oh, don't get me start. Don't get me started in that Grand Prix, and it's just oh, so painful. It's it's quite ironic because I wanted to. I oh no, I'm not going to because otherwise you, I don't get me started. Begins to run exactly. Say <laughs> what you mean. Don't hold back. Come on. No, 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 no. This this is about um, Scorpion SRVs, not not Formula One race cars. Not, not Scorpion teams. You mean? Just let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, yeah, the, the the three major issues are well. First of all, we've we've covered the fire groups, and um, the second one is that uh, plant scanning seems to be a bit of a a problem. It seems that ba- you can't scan bacteria or tussocks or one other and one other kind, which is um, uh, a bit of a problem. We, they don't know where it's come from. It's under investigation at this moment in time. Um, I, I can't remember what the th- the third one is, Alec. You want to jump in there? Yeah, just just on the plant scanner, um, just a quiet word with Frontier. I think I'm currently leading the Canon speed scanning challenge. If you could not fix that until January, I'd be really appreciative <laughs> of that. Thank you. <laughs> you get, because I was going to be having a go at that soon. And yes, I've been practicing all the way to Colonia. Yeah, well, anyway... Um, so yeah, there is a third issue. I can't remember what that is. They mentioned it today on the stream, but um, yeah, well, we'll um, but they do say that Hotfix uh, nine point zero two is in development, uh, and they're going to be putting that out when it's ready. However, they haven't been; they weren't able to give us details of what will be on that that Hotfix. But uh, the issue tracker is—I must admit—it is being used, and people are going mental with it. Unfortunately, so there are some people going mental on the forums as well. But I think less said about that, the better. Um, also, what happened on Monday? We have the Christmas ship skins have all been released. Yeah, okay. Well, no, I was going to come back to that later. Okay. Yeah, but I thought the 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 there was slightly. Oh, hang on. Yes. Never mind. Don't know why they're in the show notes twice. We'll come back to that later. Um, but also on Monday, it was the start of the annual Elite Dangerous Festive Countdown. Now, for the next 12 days until the 25th of September, you can receive free arcs for just logging into the game. Um, they're also be releasing the golden and chromed paint jobs on the store. Uh, with these new ships becoming available every day when there are going to be new paint jobs up until the 25th of December. Uh, and then they'll remain in the store for purchase until the 10th of January. Now, I must point out that these chrome paint jobs, they are very, very sought after. A lot of people like them. But I, do they look okay in Odyssey? I thought that these were some of the, some of the paint jobs that have a little bit of problems in Odyssey at the moment. Didn't didn't they look crap early on? And isn't that one of the fix one of the fixes they've done? I I, I think 
I think I, I haven't got any. I'm probably going to buy some. So time will tell, I suppose. Yeah, they seem to be working their way through them and fixing them. So, yeah. Um, I think I think the iridescence is still not quite as iridescent as they should be, but they fixed a lot now. I think. Are they yeah. fundamentally the same skins as last year? They will be. They're exactly the same from what I've seen. I had a quick look, and I'm not seeing any Christmassy jumpers or anything like that, or Christmas. <laughs> they're no Santa areas. heads. Well, there, well there, is, there was a, there was a Santa bubblehead, if I remember correctly. No, I mean actual heads. <laughs> Give it time. We'll definitely have those. We will definitely, definitely have them. I am confident. I Given what see... came out on uh, Halloween. I want to see Pumpkin Gate yeah. too, where people get outraged that the, <laughs> the commander now has a snowman's head for a head and then I'm so it, desperate so. for that to happen. You've got no idea how much I need that to happen. Well, people got yeah. upset about the pumpkin head saying it wasn't scientifically accurate and then they looked and, in the and, back. Uh, yeah. And there was there was the proper piping and, and life support stuff that there should have been. Yeah, well played, Frontier. Very well played. I, I hope if they do that, you don't have to log on on Christmas Day. You know, I hope they go and... Because that's one of the things I don't, I'm not that keen on with the whole, you know, log on every day and get 100 arcs or something like that. And I know I know from previous years it increased. So I love the fact they give us arcs. That's great. But if I can only get a... Uh, a snowman suit if I log on on Christmas Day. That's harsh. I don't but think I that's going to be the case. That would just be an ox thing. Well, it does yeah. say that the paint jobs are going to be remaining in for purchase until yeah. the 10th of January. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to <laughs> deal about that. Um, yes. Uh, and um, looking through... Yeah, looking through the uh, the rest of the stuff that happened on Super Cruise 54 today, uh, we had um, Zach and Bruce presenting um, an update. They went into a deep dive uh, with the Scarab with Tom Kuel. Uh He was there discussing the, the Scorps development, and we saw a test track. Wait, did we see the test track, or was it no, just I, Well, I, I missed the very first bit of the stream, because... Messed up a bit, but I didn't. I didn't see. I anything. think it was. I think it was only mentioned, but yes. Okay. Were were the scarabs? Were the scorpions behind the leader allowed to unlap themselves? <laughs> no, they, they no. Used Jan, Jan, moving on, moving on. You know, yeah. don't. Ooh. Yeah. Basically, it sounds like they went off and they had some kind of test track with timings and things like that all in place to help develop the the. The driving model, I guess. Yes. For yes. the for the Scorpion. If only there'd been some kind of SRV, you know, racing community that could have helped that them with that testing that, process. Well, oh, as well. they say in the, as they said during the the live stream, they could have really used essentially a Stig. Yeah. To yes. to get well, good times could... and commu- and consistent times. Maybe they maybe they should have got but, the commander. Well, I thought, well, I thought mm. they could use and they could use a, a Scarab SRV to like keep the pace. In front of the other Scorpion SRVs as they go around the track. Oh, I've got a feeling the Scarab should be able to drive faster than the Scorpion. Joke, joking are, are aside, you, are you taking you need a, your safety Scarab there? Is that what you're implying? Yeah, yeah, and it just like veers off at random. Um, Not if Alex's driving it to give the uh, to give the second place SRV time to get alongside the first place SRV. No comment. Come on, and you know what? If there if there was a <laughs> if there was a D and D willpower check for every single time I've passed so far, 
<laughs> anti rant yeah, it makes it funny. It makes it funny. It's just how long, how much can I push you on this before you pop? <laughs> oh, I'm getting close. Oh, oh. <clears throat> no. Just let it out. Embrace the dark side, Colin. Just let it out. No, I'm not. So let it go. Yeah, right. no peels, no peels. Just let it go. Um, also appearing on the stream was Henry Turner, a UI designer. And, um, yeah, he was he was explaining how difficult it was to actually put the UI into uh, the rear seat of the of the scarab. Of sorry, of the scorpion. And uh, yeah, there was an awful lot of stuff in there that uh, I must admit I was quite surprised that they had to take um, into account. Which was, you know, first of all for localization. Because um, yes, I will apologise to all our foreign listeners that we forget that other languages are needed. Ah, oh, dear, do apologise for that. And um, the other fact that because of some of the spacing that was involved, it would go actually into the SRV's um, superstructure, and you would lose the holo- the the holographic UI. And it was things like that. I I. Uh, I always, I always brush over and take for granted. Um, Alec Turner. Yeah, I was just going to say I had to rush it to sort of catch up on that stream in time for the show. But um, I thought that stream was really excellent, and I really sort of strongly recommend people watch it. Um, the the reason being mostly that when when something drops, like let's pick um, the the convergence of the of the of the gun on the scarab, and then there's immediate sort of um, uh, you know, salt and sort of hatred of the thing. You know, it's everywhere. Everyone's saying, "Oh, fix that gun! It couldn't hit a barn door. It's useless." Yeah. To 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 hear the developer explain the thought process, you know, and they they clearly want it to be for shooting ships or vehicles, and what mm-hmm. they don't want is for somebody an, another player to come into a CZ in a dropship and just get shot instantly. And so it was specifically designed, you know, with that in mind, so that they're thinking of it from the from the on-foot player's point of view, who spawns into the CZ and gets killed instantly by a scarab. Mm-hmm. So they've designed it with that widespread that it'll only focus in after a while. Just to hear that, that reasoning and that thought process, I think just really helps um, people to reconsider their, their their kind of knee-jerk reaction and go oh yeah i can see it from that point of view and and other stuff you know like the, like the stuff on um uh, henry's stuff on the ui design and and designing it for different languages and saying how they use they tend he tends to use german and russian because it has longer words and phrases and that helps him space things out it's really good stream yeah i'm a, i must admit um i was in one of those camps where i'm going why have they made this so janky uh, and then you realise, hang on, no, this is this is really an anti. This is this is for higher up the scale. It's not for anti personnel. Although I must admit, apparently there, it does make nice squishy noises of people when you drive over them. Um, but uh, yes, it's. Yeah, I thought it was quite. Anti- I, I suppose the only thing I would add is is that obviously what what it struck me was so I I, I design. Um, I do a lot of user interface design for uh, database systems that museums use, but I'm not a curator. So I often overthink things and I often think, oh, they'll they'll obviously want to do this. And I'll think very hard about aspects of the UI to do with, you know, as a programmer, you often come up with worst case scenarios and problems and you try and fix all those. 
Um, and then I often get feedback from curators who are using the system in a very different way from the way I've designed it. And the only thing I would say on things like, for example, that the spread of that gun is that he is obviously thinking of a certain scenario of the SRV shooting, maybe mm -hmm. a dropship or, but of course, I'm, I'm guessing what 90% of us have done is take the scorpion out to a settlement and try and shoot people and go, this is rubbish. <laughs> I know I did. And, and I think that's the thing. I think sometimes as a software developer, when you're trying to imagine all the different scenarios and design the game around that, that's not actually what players do. And I think maybe they miss a trick in not using players more because ultimately it's the players that play the game. And even if they're not doing, you know, what, what you design the game for them to do, either, either you've got the, the game wrong or you just need to go, oh, well, if that's what the users do, we should design the game around that. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Um, I know exactly what you're saying. Sean? Yeah, I just want to mention, uh, follow up on what Alec was saying about um, getting the players to play the game or at least do a, a testing role, is the number of times we've seen something come out in a patch and we go, that was completely obvious someone would do that. It was like the adding experimental effects to the double-engineered module. Yeah, yeah. It was completely obvious that someone was going to go and do that within 10 seconds of getting one. So the fact that completely obvious thing was missed just shows the need. They need a bunch of players who under NDA and threatened for having them, their fingers chopped off, whatever it is, just play the stuff and feedback and say, actually, guys, this works really well, or we, this this is broken, this leaves this exploit open, this leaves that exploit open. And that would save them an awful lot of time and money and image and reputation by going by not having to go around again and fix the stuff again. So I just don't really don't understand why they do that. Other companies do it. ArenaNet do it. What game does ArenaNet do? I can't, I can't remember what that is. Um, yeah, psychic. <laughs> Everybody drink. Everybody drink. He didn't, <laughs> didn't say it, but you might yeah, as well. Yeah, but it was, anyway. it was context. It's fine. <laughs> um, I think I think that the more the more devs I see who come on to like these Super Cruise news things, and I know there are probably a proportionate amount of the devs that don't play, but even um, UI chap whose name escapes me, um, Henry, was, Henry Turner. thank you, thank you, was um, uh, talking about how great the FDL is and stuff, and that that's the, the ship that he plays the most, and that's his favourite ship. I like... I, I I like seeing a proportionate amount, especially of the devs that actually come on and chat, um, do appear to be a, a, to have though that gameplay experience as well and be be relatively passionate about um, elite in general, and that's really heartening to me. I don't know necessarily that it is just a straight cut and dry. Oh, none of these devs play the game. No, it was, it was a great stream and, and, and massive respect to both those two guys. I, I thought it was really... I thought it was excellent. Yeah, it was yeah. so uh, chuffed. I, I, I think in, in mitigation design, I, I do get, because they do play the game. My question is, is this playing a game like a player and this playing a game like a developer? The player well, that's will, what, yes. what QA is for, surely. No, 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 that's not what QA does. QA is given a list of things to try and they then go through the list and do that if I mean, I don't work in QA, but that's my understanding of what it is. QA don't muck about. They're there to test things they're told to test. Is that correct? Yeah, normally in QA, you're given a bunch of scenarios and you're supposed to test those scenarios. Um, 
I don't think I've come out. There, there is the, a point in testing where you just get someone going right, try and break it. But I, it's I, all. I mean, from I mean, my experience isn't particularly big on 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 QA. I do. I am married to a software tester who is basically told to do absolutely everything that he can to 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 something and and find out find out where it breaks and then look at ways to improve that. I I. I I feel I feel like QA should be if that's not the way that Frontier do it, it is something that maybe they should be looking at getting more people into do QA and dick about with with as many things as they can. Yeah, I mean that, we did that in the uh, the alpha the original Elite Dangerous Alpha. There was so much. Um, I mean, a lot of people were angry with with some people who were, were basically just. Uh, trying to break things as much as possible. Ironically, it was those people who were doing the the um, the most work and and actually making the game robust, um, rather than the people who were playing it as you were expected to play it. Because it turned out, you know, the way it was it was meant to be played. Yep, it's uh, it was working. Uh, however, there were certain things which um, players were doing they never expected to do, uh, us to do, and uh, yeah, that kind of thing is always helpful. And, and that's the thing is that, but my my take on the average player is they will try and get the best reward they can for the minimum amount of effort they can, or try and find the way to create as much mischief as they can. As possible, basically. I'm not saying everyone's an exploit and whatnot, but in general, you, they will find ways of doing stuff that you haven't even thought of because their objective is to get the maximum reward for the minimum amount of effort and to generally muck about. And you need that kind of mindset to spot these sort of things, I think. And I'm not sure if that's fully compatible with the developer mindset. Maybe I'm overgeneralizing here, but from observation, Developers are very this, 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 this. Players are agents of chaos and developers are agents of order, I we say. Yeah. Alec? Oh, I was just going to say on, on, on that comment about what players will do, or they'll just go for the fun thing. So, um, you know, I, it, it did seem fairly obvious from Tom's discussion about the design of the Scorpion that perhaps he was thinking, you know, sphere of combat and SRVs trying to shoot ships. There was the whole thing about making sure that the the turret, um, the the missile could point straight upwards. And obviously, a lot of thought and effort had gone into that because of the problems of the the cameras on the back of the turret. So the minute it points straight upwards, the camera's clipping into the SRV. So quite a lot of effort into making sure you can point straight upwards and shoot a ship. I just don't know if people are doing that. You know, people people are steaming into settlements and mowing down all the people because it's fun and they want to get in there and steal all the materials. So, yeah, you know, it's I just, mean, people may be not seen, playing the game. We've just seen an example of this on this stream, haven't we, Alec, where you could turn your SRV upside down and suffocate everyone inside it. Well, that's that's good. L leave it like that, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not saying it wasn't good, but, you know, it's the sort of yes. thing that yeah. people will try and do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I think the, one of the downsides of this is is that um, some of the oh, I should have put it the, some of, some of the uh, the feedback that they can get isn't as, as structured as some of the stuff they need, and there there is a, a little bit of an issue about you know are, are you paying these people to do 
the playtesting for you? Or you are you just hoping that they'll do it for free? Psychic? So they did, Frontier did the, the Kickstarter thing with all of the getting player feedback. And you've, you've told me how well that went. Um, and that was something that they stopped doing. They did the Triple Elite Discord, um, which was basically a way to, to tell players what they... Uh, initially, the plan was that they were going to tell players what they were planning on doing. And then all of those people were under, under NDA, and then they would give feedback based on the things. For example, all of the BGS changes that they did and lots of other things historically. The first one that I was was privy to was a BGS change, the BGS changes. Um, and that was, all, that was all great, but each time all of those sort of devolved into like a moan fest rather than a, a fully-fledged feedback fest. So then it does beg the question, um, if QA aren't doing it, should they be employing more people in those positions rather than picking... Uh, and, and making sure that those em- employees are picked from an, uh, people who already have experience playing the game, specifically that, but also making sure that um, uh, those boundaries are set in, uh, at the beginning. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? It does make sense because I think in every single initiative that I've been involved in, whether it's been the DDF or um, uh, I'll ask to give feedback on, on certain uh, items of uh you know certain upcoming features it it has seemed to have turned into a complete moon fest and goes off topic and becomes mm. very entitled in some places especially yeah. thinking of the ddf um i'm thinking about triple elite exactly the same way so um, yeah it turns into like a um oh i i've raised this bug and i need an update directly on this bug which is never what those kind of things, in my opinion, never what those kind of things should um, devolve into because we have like that sort of structure in place already. Mm-hmm. Um, it it really, I, I don't I don't know what it needs, um, and I, I'm certainly not in any position to suggest what it would need. But I would like to, if if you were getting new players or or getting getting play, actual player feedback, then. Um, it should it should be structured um, in a way which is like I have tried this. What did I? Um, what problems did I face? All of that normal sort of QA shenanigans, but maybe in a more free form. This is what I tried to do, and this is where it went wrong, and this is what where my feedback is. Rather than going do this and tell me what's wrong with it. Gotcha, Shan. Yeah, I mean the key to this is who you pick and the number of people you pick. And I, can, I speak from personal experience here because um, I was chosen by ArenaNet to test the lower Guild Wars 1 stuff out. And they would, uh, because, of this, because of the time I was, uh, one of the, I'm not being biased, but I was one of the best players in, in Guild Wars. And I was involved with the community around it. So basically they knew... What I said, they was trusted, and I was doing it out of a a wanting to make the game better, not out of any desire for have my name in lights or anything like that. So it very much depends on who you pick. And one of the one of the things they would do is they would have a, a new encounter, and they would say, "We've made this new encounter. Um, go in it only using the existing skills in the game, and tell us what you think." 
And so, so they basically limited what we would test it with, but let it wide to our imagination. So in, in ArenaNet's case, they looked for community members who were involved in assisting developers with the game with proper grown-up suggestions with no ego, with recognized as good players who knew the game mechanics inside and out. And I think it's I think it's only twenty-five people out of the whole game population who arena chose this. And that small group of people had direct input and direct access to the developers. And we were kind of like, if they didn't if they didn't take our suggestions, then fine, you know, they they, they knew what they wanted to do. But some of them they did. And it felt as though we'd actually made the game better. We didn't need paying, we didn't need recognition or anything like that. It was just a kind of we we want to help. We're grown up enough and experienced enough to give you the feedback you need in such a way that if it isn't publicised or isn't done in time, we're not going to we're not going to lose any sleep over it. So limited number of people chosen very carefully does work. We've had complaints on the chat room uh, that uh, um, there, there seemed to be a little bit confusion about the leave radio drinking rules. Um, we have to specifically say it's Guild Wars Two. That yeah, I spat my drink back out. I, I, I must yeah. admit, I'm. I um, unfortunately, to, I well, it's not me. Well, the thing, thing that's serious about that, I, I kind of, I, I kind of hope I've made a useful point rather than just the subject <laughs> of a drinking game. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to differentiate between the two. It can be a useful point and still be a drinking game. It's fine. I'm just the, point- the, what I was asked to do with Guild Wars. I was Guild Wars One. I was asked to help on. You almost said two, then. You almost said two. Well, it, I was I was lined up to help on Guild Wars two, and there then it is. Everybody some other, and then so, and then someone blabbed what was going on, so they cancelled the program. So yes, know. it does seem that that's that is the downside because we've had that happen to us, haven't haven't we, with um, <clears throat> leakage. No, no, Frontier, Frontier squeaky clean. That never happens to Frontier. What are you talking about? Mm, funny that, yes. And uh, yeah, it's, it is a bit of a downside because there always seems to be one. And there was an incredibly small group last time and still something got out. It, it's just, oh, mm. beggar's belief. But that, again, that kind of down to choosing the right people. And I, I would, because I know with, with ReelerNet, of the first one, they said, if you if you grab any of this, we will ban your account and all your stuff is deleted. So anyone knew, if any leaks happened, their accounts and everyone's account would be deleted. So, you know, it's kind of, kind of like, well, I spent thousands of hours in this game. I don't mm-hmm. want to jeopardize that. So, you know, just a slap on the wrist and saying, if you're, if you're a bad boy and tell people we'll take the toys away, isn't really much of a motivation, really. Yeah, it does. It does seem to be a problem there. Um, yeah, uh, just going back to the uh, drinking game, uh, it seems Katiana um, misinterpreted the rules and has now had about eight or nine drinks, apparently. Thanks. That sounds about solid for Kate, yeah. All oh, right, well, if, that, if that's solid for her, then yeah. Oh, yeah. Right, raise Hang, wait a second, what is it, Tuesday? Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, ra- ra- raise a glass for Max Verstappen, the worthy world champion. It's ruling my D20 now. <laughs> right. Um, and fi- the final point on uh, the update news this week. Uh, yeah, look at this quarter to ten. Quarter to ten, and uh, we haven't even got the in-game events yet. Um, Alexa, will the patch be out for the Christmas break? Anyone else catch that? <laughs> 
I, I, I think no. I'll have to ask. I'll have to. I don't know about that. I don't know how to answer that or something like that, wasn't it? But some somehow someone managed to get Zach's Alexa to kick off during the stream. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think I, that I, she, I will. I, I will have to admit, I've deliberately got my Alexa device not to answer to Alexa. <laughs> I think what we'll have to do is we'll have to try and get the chat room to sneakily try and get Zach to say something like Alexa. There must be a way that we can. Well, we can always <laughs> just talk about Alex, a race driver. My answers to anything, I swear, anything which Alex has a vague. Curry, please. <laughs> vague candor. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, yeah. listening to you and knows exactly what you say to it and then tailors your <laughs> adverts to it. Yeah. Alexa, order a curry. It's a it's a good one, that one. Actually, actually, you, you get Alexa in the car now, can't you? So you can go, Alexa, navigate to the closest prison. And if anyone's listening to this on podcast, you know. <laughs> oh no. Oh, what what have we done? I think I think we've broken this this war zone. That's what I think we've done. Oh no! Because um, it doesn't seem to be happening, but it doesn't seem to be advancing either. Yeah, the, I noticed that they still got that problem happening on the live stream, mm. and what they had to do was they had to back out the war zone and restart it. Ah, yeah. Sorry, I think you got hit by a. You've been hit by one of those bugs. Yep. Yeah, I think that's on the issue tracker. But, um, ladies and but gentlemen, it's definitely on the road. Miggles, can I get in absolutely. your car a sec? Miggles, back here. He's not. He's not a dog. <laughs> Eel, Miggles. Oh dear, poor Miggles being uh, being oh, ordered get. about. I can't even any. get in. What to your own SRV? No, into Miggles' SRV. Oh, is that because Miggles is already in, Miggles in, isn't in our Miggles isn't in our team? Oh well, that'd probably explain it because yeah. you can only get into the team uh, other people's. Yeah. Teams, SRVs. I was, what I was wanting to do, Miggles, was uh, try and go in the turret, actually. So, to... so what happens if you go, Alexa, delete Miggles? Uh, you'll order an, she'll order a hitman for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have knee breakers McNug- uh, knee breaker McTavish on the phone for you. And he'll do it for he'll do it for twenty um, quid. <laughs> there we go. That's how I invite Miggles to the team. Gotcha. Right. Um, let's have a look at the in-game events which have been happening this week. Well, obviously on the 9th of December, they announced on the Galnet News that the Vodel, Vodel releases the Scorpion SRV. Um, also on the 9th, there was the Support Salvation's Counter-Strike against the Thargoids, which was the the CG to uh, take special components down to the Pleiades and... Um, uh, prepare salvation for firing off his big weapon. Um, did anybody else find out about the hidden community goal? I didn't get a message, but I found out about it via Twitter. Mm. Well, was well, was that the official Elite Dangerous Twitter? No, by I think Crow posted about it. Yeah, I, I got an official. I got an official in-game message. Oh, I didn't get you. Hey, yeah, I, I got an official in-game message. I wonder what the qualification for that was then. Uh, I don't know. The fact that I used to run missions for ages all the time. Well, I mean, that's on you, mate. I'm not... 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got um, uh, the secret. Um, the secret CG is that uh, Ram Tar wants to know how Salvation's um, weapon works. So if you instead of delivering, so you want a closer look at his weapon. Yeah. Here we go. Yep. Oh dear. Um, yes. So basically, instead of taking those weapon components down to the Pleiades, you take it to Ram Tar's base. Uh, uh, in the mean system, and uh, he will pay good money for it. it. It actually does pay very well to do that instead of the the, the massive trip down to uh, the Pleiades. Uh, mm. But then again, a lot of people are using uh, uh, fleet carriers at the moment to do that work. Um, Shan? I was going to ask the question about sal- the, the Salvation super weapon mm. uh, wiping out so many systems. Is... What if Salvation decides actually these humans are really pesky? Because that would then presumably wipe out human systems. Not, not um, well, there are humans in the systems that he used it in, and they're fine. Yeah, but he's got his, he's, or he or she or it has programmed their super weapon to only work against Thargoids. So presumably you could program it to work, I don't know, we'll call it the Omicron super weapon to wipe out humans. <laughs> well, right now at the moment, um, See, this is the thing. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to um, the super weapon and, and later on in the, the actual show. Um, after, of course, um, that, there was the uh, tributes to honour the Duval heir. There, that means, effectively, everyone is able to now go pick up the rewards from the previous week's CG. On the 10th of December, Intrigue surrounds recovered art treasure, where... It, people have found that the winking cat has actually been selling um, these treasures onto other people. And those treasures are now being recovered. Uh, it, it does seem to be a quite interesting little um, uh, heist story that's going on there. And then the big news, which happened yesterday is that they have announced the official death of Theta seven. Um, Bullshit. So- Yes, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Does yeah, anyone surely. actually believe this? Well, it was. It's, no one's ever dead in science fiction, are they? They'll always find a way to get them back somehow. So there's that. I don't know. Maybe they're a clone or something. Some, they'll come back. It's, no, no one's ever dead. The other thing that springs to mind is wasn't there a. I'm not talking about the Salome debacle, but wasn't the Salome was supposed to have been killed earlier? because they found wreckage of her cutter of her clipper or something like that, and she then dun, dun, da, really appeared somewhere else. So yeah, this she... isn't a wreckage of a clipper, though, that, no. that he was found in. This is like watching what... The the only sort of like putting paid to that is watching him press a button and then a mega ship exploding. But, of course, the, the main thing is in that... a different place entirely, you know? Yes. Well, yeah, I mean... from, sorry, if I'm from Palpatine, can survive falling several thousand feet into the reactor core of the second Death Star, it then blowing up, then, you know. Yes, you, th- you thought that would be probably be it for the Emperor, didn't you? But then you forgot about this thing called Force Trump Transference, which... Force Trump? Force Transference. A Force Trump, that's probably it'll end up with something else in your pants, that, but... That's going to end up in follow through, I think. <laughs> Isn't that what I just said? Yes. Um, yeah, so yeah, Theta Seven. Uh, apparently, the the members of the Far God Cult actually sabotaged their own jump engines so that he couldn't jump away. 
And I've noticed that um, a lot of people have changed their mind about the Far God cult, saying that they're being heroic. That, that's a bit of a change of pace. Well, at least it wasn't Stockholm Syndrome. True, because then then, then they'd be all after the, the Empire, wouldn't they? <laughs> I mean, who isn't nowadays? <laughs> it does feel... No, actually, people seem to be against the Federation, because that has that's the superpower that shrunk the most. I mean, it's all apples and oranges, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, right. <laughs> Winter Mute GB says, spoiler alert, how many times does Duncan Idaho die in the June novels? <laughs> it's like Kenny. Oh, no, they've killed Duncan Idaho. You bastard. Well, You'll be back Kenny's next time. Kenny's, Kenny's dead for real now. <laughs> Until next time. That's part of the point, though, of Duncan Idaho is he does keep getting reborn and eventually you know, becomes who he needs to be. Uh, I've only ever read the first book. I, did, I thought I couldn't face any of the others. Okay. I No, don't get me wrong. I actually enjoyed the first book. It's just that I looked at the second book, which was even thicker, and went, oh, no. <laughs> no the, second book is, the second book is thinner. The third book is thicker. Well, then I saw one of the June books and went, oh, no. Mm. <laughs> it looks too much that my poor brain can handle. It's um, like Game of Thrones, though, wasn't it? I mean, the first the first Ice, Ice and Fire book was reasonable size, and now they've got so big, they're taking yeah. 20 years to write and split over 10,000 pages or something. Yeah, it's it's pretty much... Well, come on, they couldn't even get June into one film. <laughs> They couldn't get the Harry Potter into one film either. So. They couldn't. They, they, oh, they, they couldn't get the Hobbit into one. Film. <laughs> yeah. They got the Hobbit into three films. Yeah. Although that does prob- that does also at least contain snippets of the worst book ever written. What, FIA rulebook? Well, I was going to say, not the Formalian, but anyway. Mm, right. <laughs> Moving on from there. Um, obviously, today, Salvation fired his super weapon, and it wiped out three systems worth of Thargoids. No wonder people want to know what it does. Are they using the works. same super weapon that they're using in Star Wars now? Um, which super weapon? I, I lose track of the super weapon. The one weapon, in episode 7, where you know, they managed to go off and destroy about you know, it was like five Death Star weapon planet busters all from the or from Hoth or something like that, or Illus or somewhere. I was oh, thinking of the right. last one where they managed to miniaturize the Death Star laser and fit them on several thousand Star Destroyers without anyone noticing. I at least thought that that made sense, but I guess we're getting off topic again, aren't we? It's slightly. Um, yeah, but well, no, well, not really because we are talking about super weapons. Um, it does seem to be the same case that happened before, and uh, yeah. There are sci- there are uh, oh, this thargoids. Or it will happen again. <laughs> yeah, there are wrecked thargoids everywhere. It doesn't seem it does seem to be specifically targeting thargoids, Ben. So um, planets and uh, stations are all intact. So go figure. For now. For now, Shan. Uh, no, but you got my previous point. Oh right, okay. I just saw the the, the pips in the. Oh, force of habit, was it? Yeah, force of habit, yes. Um, as far as Operation IDA is concerned, the operation to repair Ark's faith now appears to be complete. Um, that station will be up and running after Thursday. So uh, I don't know what their target is. 
now, just let me quickly just look up Operation Ida, and they should have a new... Um, well, we'll leave that for the moment. Uh, but according to the uh, anti-Xeno initiatives, there are still... Uh, there were 22 systems under Thargo to tank. Uh, Salvation has now reduced that to 19. Um, according to the uh, AXI's Thargoid, uh, the AXI's website Thargoid.watch, their priorities are A, HIP 17694 in, uh, in the Colsac. They've got Muscar Dar region PJ-P B6-1. And in the Witchhead Nebula, they've got Evangelis uh, systems, which they are working on. So, yeah, at the moment, they've, they've just completed Ark's Faith, and uh, they will be announcing a new task list soon. For, But they are still doing their Holiday Hall um, charity event, so if you want to uh, find out, just pop over to their Discord and find out. Um, right, I think it's that time of the week again. Score alert! Ubermic won the won the bet. Ubermic. Oh, with the, were they all taking with, bets with, about with the, the correct version? Yeah. <laughs> Paul Archer says he went to grab a coffee. Could hear the bass in the kitchen. <laughs> we need a we need a Christmas one, like a carol one or something like that. <laughs> Hark the store alert sings or something like that, you know. And plus to Mark Gamer one, he says it needs more cowbell. <laughs> Actually, you could do it to the 12 days of Christmas, mm-hmm. couldn't you? On, on the 12th day of Christmas, my frontier store gave to me 100 ducks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we need Jay and Tracks to do 12 different song versions. That's quite a big arc. Let's, let's not put the pressure on it. <laughs> No, no. What, what Jay, Jay and Drax has done for us has been fantastic. I mean, we can't ask him for any more. <laughs> well, he, he needs to do the five gold rings, at least, doesn't he? Really? Five <laughs> golden ass or something, yeah. Okay. I'm sure we can come up with something. Um, right, well, we do obviously have the Festival Cosmetics, which are now available in store. So if you want, basically, a snow uh, snowflake, as, as if we have enough snowflakes around here, <laughs> the snowflake style skins they're available in the store for 2,220 arcs, nice round number um, but we do have bobbleheads as well um, we've got a snowflake bobblehead a Santa Claus bobblehead the Christmas tree bobblehead which was quite popular um, right at the very beginning snowman bobblehead candle ornament, a cosy fireplace ornament, or a festival give, gift ornament. Um, <laughs> Sean, you want to talk about bobbleheads? Well, yes, I was going to say, um, 
you remember when the letters were for Christmas and you couldn't change your uh, cockpit ornaments until you docked and did delivery. So people who went off on distant worlds <laughs> had all these weird... Yeah, had their letters and stuff and they were with their ship like forever <laughs> until they came back, which is fun. But I was actually going to mention that a Christmas miracle that's happened in Shan household. So I'll, I thought I was, it was a good, it was a good Christmassy figure. The Christmas miracle is, um, if you remember Hobbs, our Bengal cat. Yes, forget um, Hobbs. We we were we received many many warnings from the Bengal cat Facebook group and other things about the fate of Christmas trees and cats. Okay. And our Christmas tree is completely untouched by Hobbs. He's not interested in shiny lights or bubbles or anything. Quite sure you've got a cat. Yeah, I, I trained it. It was part of the training regime. Sorry. Well, it's, it's obviously a make of cat that doesn't do that kind of thing. Well, Bengals supposedly do. But what, what it was, was that it, when it started to be interested in it, I then started playing with the cat away from it and gave it more interesting stuff to do. So it lost interest in the Christmas tree. And now it'd rather do something else, like torment the dog or something. But yeah, how's Hobbs coping with your recent loss? Um, I, did, I did not really notice. It, it's a cat. I think he thinks the less dogs are around, the the better. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, I mean, one less room to walk with and things. I mean, to, to be fair, Roger, our other border collie, is starting to miss Hal. Like mm. last night, he went into the corner where Hal usually sleeps and sniffed around and looked to say. Where, hang on a minute, where's he Where, gone? Where's my friend gone? Kind of thing, which yeah. made us a bit sad, but, you know. Yeah, Mark, that's the third one that Mark Gamer has just uh, reminded me of, because uh, they said on the chat room, all I want for Christmas is a fixed friend slash full recognition for combat. Yeah, yeah that's that, nice. Yeah, that's, that's the third major bug that, that Update 9 seem to implement. Yeah. Which I, I did notice we, we kind of shot and killed poor Mac Winston earlier. Did you? Was yeah. he a friend or a foe? He was apparently a foe. Oh, you sure so. about that? Well, he was red. Oh, right. fair enough then. Sorry, Mac, apparently you had that coming to you. <laughs> he was so nice last week, and now you go and shoot him. Typical. Right, um, let's have a quick look at the community corner, because um, <laughs> Mac says it was Miggles. Oh, it was Miggles' fault who started it, did, it, did he? Yes. Okay. Although Max says, to be fair, I did shoot first. He did a hand solo and ended up dead. <laughs> uh, Greedo was a bit more accurate this time. <laughs> and thus dooming us all to the Empire forever. When you think about it. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to the community corner. Um, we're not doing a main discussion this week because, um, yeah, well, we've, we've had update nine. Um, First thing that we're going to point out here is we've had um, a rather shocking, well, not a shocking incident, but a rather unsettling incident happen on Reddit. Um, the Too Long Didn't Read version has had a commander who's been involved in a, uh, a BGS war with a player faction for about one and a half months and has successfully reduced that faction's influence as you can with the BGS. However, that faction has found out who the commander is in, a per in real life and has then contacted their work about harassment and extortion. Um, the main problem with this is, of course, we have to go back to Psykit's point that this is just a game. 
Yeah, uh, beefs in the game have to stay in the game. It's like it. Fucking game! <laughs> what the shit? I'm so angry about this, and you guys pointed it out to me. I don't go on Reddit. It's a silly place. And you guys pointed this out to me, and I'm very angry. It's so... It's so... Hilarious. I know. To even think that it, it's it's bad. Like we we put ourselves out there on the internet. We do we do the thing. We put ourselves out on the, on the internet, and some of us do more so than others. Um, but it's it's really scary to to think um that it things like this have other um other repercussions on on people, and people can just take stuff so far. Yeah, and take things, take something which is supposed to be this moment that brings joy to people, and twist it in such a way. Yeah, they they're having to go at your um. This person is having to go at your BGS. Then just work the BGS back. Why are you why are you taking this off? It's so it's so so frustrating to see when um when people just take things out of game or the the other the other thing as well is take like disagreements that you've had out out of game so for example i've seen people that have been banned from other players communities and things on that then taking that grudge and trying to recruit people to mess with them in game as well um it like keep keep the stuff in game in game and don't don't take your beef out of game or take beef that is made out of game in game. Uh, yes. Don't be fucking is. children, be adults. Yeah, the funny thing is, though, is when this commander put the <laughs> put this list up about, uh, or his complaint was, it didn't take long for the faction to be um, named and shamed, which technically you're not really supposed to do. Uh, and uh, it was a great motivator for... I think 200, 300 people to all volunteer to go after this particular player organization. So their BGS has just taken a major hammering over the last 48 hours. So, yeah. Hideous (laughs) behavior from from adults. Um, Shan? I mean, I completely agree with what Sai was saying. Um, I would also add into this is a slightly less severe version of swatting someone, isn't it? Um, yes. Um, that is that is a whole new level of, of just arseholery. What are the actual repercussions if somebody calls a swap team in on you? And it turns out to be in, completely bogus. And in, like in, the U- in the UK, um, it's... And I was just trying to look at the law on it, so someone's bound to correct me, but it is now criminal offence to do that. Against yeah, someone. So you know, I'm just wondering: is this actually not more serious? Because if your, you know, your HR company goes off and says, "Ah, oh, well, you know, Shan's this complete a hole in a game. Therefore, he's obviously a complete a hole in real life. We're going to fire him." That sounds more serious to me than the police coming along and knocking on your door, or a bit, a bit more enthusiastic. Depends what country you're in. Yeah, a bit yeah. more enthusiastically than that, possibly. And then going, oops, we we. Made I mean, a I guess the I guess the other question is, was how they found out this guy's identity is if they if they socially engineered it, then you could possibly be open to a computer misuse act. 
prosecution. Uh, so I, I'm not. I, I need to ask um, Eldest Minishan about this. So I'm just kind of speculating. But in my mind, this sort of thing is in the same area as swatting someone because that can be devastating for someone's life. The late Mac Winston is telling us that in the US, people have actually been shot during a swatting incident. On stream, yeah. wasn't it, as well? Didn't they get shot on well, stream? Well, no, there's been there's been two major incidents. First, the major incident was someone did get shot on stream, which was horrific. Uh, and the other incident was that um, two, one guy said he was going to swat the other guy. The other guy laughed at him, told him, oh, this is my address, but it wasn't. It was a third party's address who had nothing to do with this whatsoever. Police turned up at this third party's address and basically gunned down the guy on the front of the porch who'd come out and said, what's going on? And didn't apparently put his hands down fast enough or his hands up fast enough. And that was enough for one of the officers to shoot. So basically a perfectly innocent man who didn't have anything to do with either of them got gunned down because basically the, uh, of that kind of incident. At the risk of getting political here, is that more on the police involved or the people being dicks and reporting wrong addresses and things? Um, I would say it's a horrible case of a, a, a horrible escal- uh, es- escalation of stupid circumstances. Um, I'm, I haven't had any experience of uh, uh, the police in America. Um, the Well, I have, but not in that way. Every single police officer I've come across in, in the States has been quite polite and courteous, probably as soon as they heard the accent. <laughs> but um, for some reason, they seem to like Scottish people over there. Uh, but... They probably think you're Irish, but it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Actually, it's quite true that, yeah. But um, yeah, if if I look different or sounded different, I might get a different response. Yeah, because I think English people in general sound like Australians. The number of times I've been over there, oh, you're Australian. No. Anyway, moving on. This is a if if it's as written in Reddit, because we have to be neutral here. Is that all mm-hmm. we've got is a Reddit post? We haven't got any personal experience or knowledge of the background to this, other than not from the Reddit post. So, I, I would I, I would suggest people avert themselves from commenting on that because if it does arrive in illegal or anything like that, then you doing stuff may well jeopardise the guy's case anyway. So I, I'd suggest sort of just reading it and laying off the comments and let hopefully the authorities deal with it. Yeah. Um, right. Well, moving on from there to something a little bit more um, uplifting. Orange Phoenix has done a Lego Thargoid. <laughs> we do love a good Lego ship here, but this was uh, the first Lego Thargoid. Um, looks painful to step on, to be honest. <laughs> and I, I do have to take issue with something that went out on Lave Radio Twitter. I do believe, Ben. Yeah, Thargoids are our friends. Not no, both. they're not. They're not. We are taking a neutral stance on this. <laughs> yeah, your neutral stance inv- involves a gun. Mine involves a hug. That's neutral. Actually, you know what? I think you should go and hug a Thargoid, Ben, and see how many could, limbs you've got left after If I could hug a Thargoid in-game, I would. I was just looking at that model, that you've, the Lego model. It's pretty yeah. good, although I would be tempted to use it as a ninja star after looking at it. I don't think it would have survived the first throw. <laughs> I've got an image of South Park going through my head at this moment in time. 
<laughs> yeah, Miggles has said Thargoids are food, not friends. He's been well, the South Park, again. Uh, are you imagining Ben with the Lego Thargoid embedded in his skull after throwing it out or something? <laughs> I'm saying nothing, but that is a good mental image to have. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Um, Alec. Oh, yes. Sorry. You, I can't. <laughs> Well, one of the reasons you're here is that um, you've been doing an advent calendar. I have. I really shouldn't play the game when I'm on this because I get so lost in the game I forget to talk. Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I, I suddenly realised I've got like um, well over 450 Elite Dangerous videos um, that I've accumulated over years. Some of them little more than explosions, others sort of 10 minute long adventures and things. So I thought I would pick out 25 and release one a day for, for Advent. So we're on to Advent number 14 today. Oh, well, my ship's just exploded. Anyway, maybe I should have caught that, that on video number, and I could have posted it out. For Advent 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, dear, yeah. So it's a... <laughs> yeah, so people can find that on Twitter, hashtag AlexEDAdvent. And it's also on uh, the forum thread. There's a forum thread for it. Excellent news. Um, right. Obviously, uh, Commander, Commander Beetlejude gets a special mention um, as she's done the latest video of her creating Commander Joe Bugs T6. I always like these speed-up art videos. It's like um, all, all the Bob Ross stuff, but without all the relaxation commentary. <laughs> um and obviously, we're going to finish up on the on this one. Is that uh, now that the hatchbreaker bug has been fixed after so many months, um, Graphic GB has put a video up in the forums showing how to rig the meg raid the mega ships. Um, this applies to both Horizons and Odyssey, and it means one of those most tense missions uh, can uh, can be started to play again. Uh, and that's because uh, it's the Thargoid is rescuing civilians from uh, a crippled megaship that's still under attack by Thargoids. That is, that is really one of the most tense um, missions that I have had, I've had to deal with, to be honest. See, I think they should add an alternative to that mission type. All right. I think we should be putting people on a crippled megaship under Thargoid attack to sort of offer them up to the Thargoids. So basically, you pick passengers up, dump them on the ship, and go, there you go, Thargoids, have fun. And if you've got an SN and Essian Dawn. I wonder if Essian Dawn has a deal with the Thargoids to get more um, escape pods. Definitely a pie shop. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think uh, moving on from there, we have our mostly clueless section. Uh, ben, did you put in this one? Or was Ben busy as he'd been shot? Nope, so we're all standing in the bar. No, he's, he's, he, he's propping up the bar. Oh, well, never mind. Um, the Bio Trader has this comes from the Bio Trader. Um, if you have a curiosity about Thargoids, come to the Pleiades Nebula. It's safe. <clears throat> You'll never be in, uh, interdicted. You want to experience it. Oh, hang on. If you've never been hyperdicted and want to experience it, just come to the nebula and once hyperdicted, don't do anything. Just stand still, speed to zero, pull your composition scanner, and you can even scan them uh, and wait until they reach you at 500 metres. Uh, they won't kill you if you just scan them. It's all bait and not true. Don't take too many selfies, else they will start to get red hot. Honestly, it's 100% safe. 
That's assuming that you haven't tried to kill any. I like the fact I that... Can, go on, Sean. No, so I can vouch that. I, I, have a, um, I have a clipper called the Poke and Run, which I did for my Thargoid investigation. Yeah. And I like the fact that they're discussing the, the various ways to cook a Thargoid in the... Uh, <laughs> In in the chat room at the moment, and apparently it seems as it's they've got an ammonia based biochemistry. It would be like eating used cat litter. Oh God! Wow! <laughs> who she's tried that? Oh, so who would like... you? Uh, <laughs> so who would you have? So who, which celebrity chef would you have used to cook Margoids? Heston Blumenthal. Paul Hollywood or no Heston Blumenthal? Heston. Heston. Yes. Oh, not, come on, uh, Keith. Not <laughs> <laughs> Keith. Is Keith Floyd still alive? Well, he wouldn't be after eating a thyroid. <laughs> There's your own Keith Floyd drinking game. Uh, okay, um, let's move on to... <laughs> well, the bikers, wouldn't you? You could have the um, the fat biker guy. The, um... Yes. Um, <laughs> moving on. The two hairy bikers. The hairy bikers, yeah, there you go. They're, well, the, the hairy truckers cook thargoids. <laughs> yeah, we'll pass we'll pass that on to uh, the Hutton Orbiter truckers. Isn't it Amelia who does all that kind of stuff? What, uh, Hutton Orbiter Radio? Yeah, she goes off and try, tries all these foods so we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, well, well, we'll just have to... We'll, we'll pass that on to Hutton Orbiter that Radio to see whether or not we can come up with actually, that. A, a, actually, it does sound like a good event for LaveCon, doesn't it? What? <laughs> thargoid eating competition. <laughs> yeah, we we have a thargoid eating competition, and we 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 leave the people's imagination to cook a dish, <laughs> so it looks like a thargoid, and then people taste it. Ben, and um, <laughs> it'll and be, a winner. It'll make something out of get. Uh, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Seem absolutely delicious. Or, or well, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll, uh, we'll speak to Karen when Lave Ready is being. Sorry, Lave Con's being planned again. And we'll all do. We'll all test people's thyroids as part oh. of the event. <laughs> you you can test them. I'm. I think I'm. I'm oh, come on, Carling. My stomach upset. Even as even just talking about it. <laughs> yeah, well, wow. I mean, not gonna. Burning poisonous or dodgy. I suspect there's lots of calamari, calamari, but you know. See, well, that's the thing, though. Thargoids are, are insectoids. See, I, see, so I, 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 I haven't got a problem with that. Yeah, I, I'm picturing something like, I don't know, locust flavor ice cream or something. Oh, no. Commander Lenslacher said a McThargoid McStiffy competition. I think, I think we'll yeah. leave that one. I've seen enough things involving pigs' penises being blended. What? Eh? On celebrity. Oh my god! I like the way how you added on celebrity about five minutes after you said it. Yeah, I was going to say what what YouTube channels are you subscribed to? No, I was I was watching I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here with my kids, and one of the things they had to drink was a blended pig's penis. So the thing is, though, if you're not told what it is, you wouldn't mind, would you? I would still, even if I didn't know what it was, I think I would still probably be gipping. Probably a bit salty. Yeah, I mean, I know. Oh, Five Guys, I think it is, do a bacon flavor milkshake, don't they? Well, anyway, yeah. I was to consider for late. consider for con. I just think it would be really funny, and if we uh, if we got people to donate to charity or something like that to see it, then. Yeah. The only thing is, I don't know 
how much I would trust everybody's culinary skills to not make it poisonous. Right, shall, shall we move on here? Yeah. Oh, God, there's this size smutty bit, but I'm not quite so sure whether or not we want to... Have... Does, does <laughs> I even have anything? We don't. We haven't done it for months. Why is it still in there? I don't know. Right. Has anybody oh, got any other... Yeah, I was going to say, size smutty bits is now expanded to encompass the entire show. It's the whole show. It's fine. That's how it works. <laughs> That's fair enough. We did it, we did it, we did it. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right, does anybody have any other business that would like just just discuss for a couple of minutes? And, and don't mention the F1, whatever you do. Oh, I do. Okay. I do. We um, flight assists have got their Christmas party on Sunday. Excellent. We we're doing we we're doing um, for our sins. We're doing like a um, a show where we talk about um, how we are we got our families, or like we managed to introduce other people to elite and the the methods by which we did it, and the friends we have made along the way, spreading a little bit of joy and happiness this festive season. And if that doesn't make you want to vomit, I don't know what will. But I'm pretty sure it'll be good. It'll be good fun. Sure. I was about to go for the, the thyroid thing. Is that you could uh, you could use what the substitute Klingon gaff for in um, Star Trek? So oh. basically, you've got worms and whatnot. I, I still can't believe that they had uh, Riker actually eat one. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. Right. I do know in the Expanse, uh, every time they're being sick, it's vegetable soup. Oh, I really, really <laughs> would rather not talk about vomit. <laughs> I've, I've got a real aversion to bananas, and um, many years ago, I wanted oh, no. to be sick but couldn't go. And okay, cool, so good talk. I peeled a banana and put it on the front of the toilet so I could smell it, and then you fell off the So it's like Shan versus bananas. So then, ladies and gentlemen, we now know what Shan's kryptonite <laughs> is. If you don't like Shan, turn up to him at LaveCon and wave a bunch of bananas at him. <laughs> I bet you dare wave your banana in front of me. <laughs> I wave Colin's banana in front of you instead. Why well, is Colin's banana ready peeled? Oh, I wouldn't know. Oh, right, moving on. Oh God, I just see what his first item is in the shoutouts. Ah, uh, yes. Dockers is doing a charity Christmas special. So if you want more filth or something that's more filthy than this. Then, I don't um, know, actually, these days, to be honest. Yeah, well, it's your fault, isn't it? <laughs> We're getting complaints saying, what's up with the amount of malarkey that's happening? It's, I'm giving up. Yeah, that's what the problem is. Um, if you want to, to hear the show, um, go to justgiving.com slash team slash beyond dockers to make a, a, a nice donation um, as uh, the stuff will be going to special effect. And is it hearing dogs as well? Can't remember I if it's believe just, it's just special effect. Just special effect this time, um, right? Um, from there, obviously, we have our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, which broadcasts on a Thursday uh, from eight thirty, and you can tune into that at twitch.tv slash Hutton Orbital Truckers, or if you just want the audio, go to radio.forthemug.com. Um, we'll have to see if they've come up with any Thargoid recipes um, for the discerning. <laughs> Commander who likes a bit of CQC action, uh, check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash elite dangerous CQC. 
Um, we're also giving a shout out to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts. So uh, hi to Allograb AM, Black Sky Legion, uh, the Canon podcast, Spanish speakers have the Eliticast, uh, Fatherhood podcast, obviously Flight Assist, which um, Psychos just mentioned. There's the Guard Frequencies, Loose Screws, Squeaking Fuel, and System Chat. And for those that want a literary discussion about sci-fi and fantasy books, please subscribe to the Data Sleep podcast as created by Station Commander Alan Stroud. Now, following this, thankfully, we have the latest Galnet News Digest as provided by Commander Wotherspoon uh, with Commander Beetlejude. And we'd just like to thank everybody who has added their own level of filth into the Twitch chat. And uh, how many in-game commanders have you been shooting then, Ben and Alex? We've had we've had quite a few. We've had uh, Chris has been here, Miggles is here, Max's been about, uh, Little Biggin's been about, Commander Happy Monkey's here. Uh, I saw Stephen Usher, I think, earlier, so I can't see him now. Um, there's been a fair few. Yeah, it's been fun. Far too distracting. Sorry about that. <laughs> and yeah, Alex just drove past the window. Yeah. Oh, um, back to the shout out. I completely missed this one out. Um, Commander Scorbius. Uh, he did a whole load of shenanigans on Sunday with tons of commanders on foot, all in the same place. So if you go to his Twitch chat channel, his, his Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv's Commander Scorbius, um, you'll find uh, oh, quite an amusing attempt at uh, uh, trying to get into space on foot and other activities. So, special thanks also goes out to Commander Tokosaw, Tracks, and Alan Stroud, who have pro- provided music which we've used in this show. Thanks, guys. But that is it for another episode of Live Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email info at laveradio.com, hit us up at facebook.com slash laveradio, tweet us at laveradio, or you could join our Discord server by going to discord.io slash laveradio. We also have a TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Now, do get in touch if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. Uh, now, Live Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So thanks to Alec, thanks to uh, Psykit, thanks to Shannon, thanks to um, Commander Edelweiss, and special thanks, of course, goes to today's tech specialist, the Chris Mark IV. So until next time, Commanders, fly safe. But if you can't do that, fly dangerous.
Ah, oh, damn it. No worries, guys. Hold the fork for two seconds. I'll be right back. News Digest, 14th of December 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, bad news for Thargoids. The Tenth Martyr. The Mystery Cat. The Campaign for Better Doors. Commanders moved with impressive efficiency over the weekend, delivering classified experimental equipment to Salvation's megaships in Delphi, Merope and Maya to help Salvation build three superweapons to wipe out the Thargoids in these systems. And today, the fruit of their labours was realised, with up to one-third of the Thargoids in each system destroyed and the rest forced to escape. For the past two months, following Salvation's previous, and some would say staged, attack on Thargoids in the Kornsar system, the Thargoids have been more determined than ever to re-establish a presence in the systems that are historically theirs. And despite the best efforts of anti-Xeno pilots, the Thargoids have had the upper hand invading more systems every week than they could be repelled from. If Salvation can deploy three more weapons every week, and if it doesn't incense the Thargoids even more then humanity may be able to very gradually drive the Thargoids back. Meanwhile, Ram Tar is reverse-engineering Salvation's technology and will publish his findings as soon as he can. Professor Albert Tezro believes this analysis will show that Salvation is committing atrocities and that Aegis must be reinstated as humanity's agency for addressing the Thargoid threat. The death yesterday of Theta-7 came as a surprise to many, having perpetrated numerous starport bombings, having been captured by the IISS and been imprisoned, having escaped following a spectacular breakout, apparently with external assistance, and then gone into hiding as a monk on board a megaship run by people hoping to meet their god and to be turned into Thargoid-shaped angels, all in the name of of re-establishing a republic that was overthrown more than 1,000 years ago, giving up the fight and blowing up a ship full of religious weirdos who have no connection with the Empire and who nobody cares about. Seems rather out of character. Did he really kill himself? There's a video showing him detonating the explosives that resulted in his death, but it could easily have been faked. There are bound to be conspiracy theories, and even if he did die in the destruction of the sacrosanct. It's far from clear whether we know the identity of the senior imperial benefactor who arranged for Theta-7 to be sprung from the interrogation centre. Was it really the Landgrave of Madrid who did that? Was he really powerful enough to pull all those strings right under the nose of Denton Petraeus? Some believe that it was Theta-7 who persuaded the Fargod cult to build the three megaships in the first place. If the sacrosanct was loaded with Thargoid enzyme explosives, then how about the testament and the perdition? Are they also loaded with bombs? Do the systems they pass through need to be worried? Admittedly, though, given the recent Thargoid attacks, an exploding megaship in Merope or Evangelis is unlikely. 
to be noticed. The winking cat has been selling his priceless stolen artworks, but no one really understands why. Elias Metahis and Zachary Rackham are just two of the fabulously wealthy business people who've managed to buy art from the elusive thief, and they've apparently paid huge amounts of credits for the privilege. Metahis, who has since been relieved of his stolen purchase by the Federal Intelligence Agency, claims he spent 22 billion credits for the stolen Okeke, Terra Absentia, artwork so famous it could never be exhibited. The Winking Cat has never before sold his stolen art, so what is he up to? Is he planning a spectacular piece of performance art that's going to cost billions of credits to stage? Or is he planning an act of supreme generosity? Perhaps he plans to buy every commander a Cobra Mark IV as a sort of joke. Perhaps he's going to pay to get the fabled Panther Clipper off the drawing board and into space. Or perhaps he's at long last going to honour all those thousands of backorders for the free Anaconda from Hutton Orbital. Commanders who choose to conduct their business without owning a spaceship are missing out. And it's all because of the doors, or rather, the lack of them. Planetary ports have landing pads, of course, and they have garages for surface vehicles. What they don't have is doors to let someone who doesn't own a spaceship get out onto the planetary surface. If you want to wander around outside the base feeling the crunch of rock, underfoot, admiring the architecture, or perhaps trying out a little parkour, and climbing and jumping to the top of one of the skyscrapers. Well, you can't. There are no doors, not even an emergency exit, and it's amazing the fire department hasn't pointed that out yet. If you have a spaceship, there's nothing to stop you landing to one side of the landing pads and just getting out. That doesn't work if you don't have a spaceship. If you have a surface vehicle, such as a scarab or scorpion, you can go for a drive round the base, and again, you can get out. But if you don't have a spaceship, you're not allowed to own a surface vehicle either. Can you take an Apex taxi? No. They're happy enough to pick you up from anywhere on the planet's surface, but the only place they'll drop you is at a settlement. So... Unless you fancy trekking across the desert from the nearest settlement to your chosen planetary port, that's a non-starter too. Join the campaign for doors in planetary ports. Help your fellow commanders get outside. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. 